11.60 a.m., the Quest Atlantis Catholic Radio Station. We are so glad that you are listening. We would also love it, absolutely love it, if you would become part of our family by calling in as a donor right now, 678-688-4549. We are at 47000 $220 so far for today. That means that we are at $135,321 so far for the three days. And we, our goal is $150,000. So we are just uh, less than $15,000 away from meeting that goal. I really am hoping we meet the goal and we keep right on rolling. That is what I'm hoping for. And uh, we don't come back and interrupt regular programming again for another six months. So let's do it. 678-688-4549. When we have these local pledge drives, we also get to bring in great local guests. And right now, our great local guest is Sean Henry. He's from St. Peter Chanel in Roswell, Georgia. And uh, he is here to share with us about all kinds of things. And so, um, you know, we, we know that all good things begin with prayer. So if you would lead us in a prayer for this next hour, that would be awesome. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Come Holy Spirit, fill your hearts of your faithful, and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, by the light of the Holy Spirit, you have taught your hearts of the faithful. In the same Spirit, help us to know what is truly right, and always to rejoice in your consolation. We ask this to Christ, O Lord. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. I always love it when somebody leads with a prayer from the Holy Spirit because I tell people, they say, how do you do this all day? It has to be the Holy Spirit because I can't even leave it an answering machine message without um and uh 15 times, right? So, exactly. so uh, yeah, it's got to be the Holy Spirit. So we are again are talking with Cedar, with Sean Henry from St. Peter Chanel in Roswell, Georgia. And, uh, you know, few rules before we get rolling. We want to ring this bell. We ring the bell every time we get a founder. Founder is $100 a month for 36 months mm-hmm. or a one-time $3,600 donation. So founder is an automatic ring of the bell. We also ring it every time that we get to a $10,000 mark. So if we get a founder, we will we will be over 50000 so you would get to ring it twice. Once for the founder, once for... Because we also ring it every time we get to $10,000. The $10,000 mark, we're almost to $50,000, so we'll ring it twice. So um, let's just ring it a whole lot of times. Yeah, we're going to... Yeah, okay, so Ed is in here with the camera right now. So we actually found out just as our other guest was leaving that we had gotten a founder. So you get to ride on the coattails of our previous guest, and you get to ring the bell for him. So so this one is for Randy Rouse, and uh, the person ringing is going to be Sean Henry. So, so we'll ring it in celebration for that last founder. All right, so that was $3,600 for pledge for, for that pledge. We also had that $1,000 match going on, right? Did we have that $1,000 match going on? So we need to make sure we add that $1,000 in as well. So that's actually $4,600 for Catholic Radio because of that. So, um, wow, wow, we are just moving along. We are now, uh, we'll get the update and get it total and get our total here in just a minute because it's not in there yet. <clears throat> Um, a few other rules is we um, 
have giveaways. So we give away an Echo Dot with mm-hmm. a founder. So that founder will get the Echo Dot. We give a prayer card of St. Gabriel mm-hmm. to uh, everyone who calls in with a pledge of any amount. All monthly donors receive a book of the hour, and the volunteer can tell you what the book is. Um, we are giving away a blessed rosary at the end of the day. It's a drawing, so everybody who donates in any amount goes into the drawing. Um Let's see. We want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to Chick-fil-A because they made us happy with breakfast sandwiches this morning and on Tuesday and on Wednesday. So they've been providing breakfast sandwiches to us all week. And that was uh, at uh, the one at Woodstock Road in Roswell. So we are grateful for that as well. If you are, are hungry, you know, Want that spicy chicken sandwich is my favorite. So if you want that, go to the one on Woodstock Road and uh, support them because they supported Catholic Radio. All right. I think that's all of the the housekeeping thing um, that we have. I also have a prayer request. This prayer request is to keep kids active in their faith. If they stray, tell them they can always return. That's a... Prayer request? Okay. So uh, I guess um, just pray to keep kids active in their faith. So would you mind leading us in the prayer for that? Thank you. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Dear God, come into all our hearts, guide and protect us always, especially our young people. Lead them on the path of righteousness. Bring them into holiness, reunion with the church. We ask this to Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 Okay, so those are our rules for now. If something else comes up, I'll, I'll do it. And I'll, I'll also be interrupting you every so often to give out the number since it's a pledge drive. All right, so 678-688-4549. Um, we are talking with Sean Henry. He's from St. Peter Chanel in Roswell, Georgia. Everybody who comes on as a guest almost almost across the board has a story to tell about how God has prepared them along the way for the position that they are now in sitting across from me on Catholic Radio. My guess is you're no exception. So let's go ahead and find out a little bit about you and your history and what what brought you here to Catholic Radio. Okay, so of course I was invited to uh, to be on the show. So yes, yes. Um, I'm grateful for that and I'd like to express thank you to um, the Catholic Radio. I'm a very good listener all the time. Yeah. yeah. Good. Good. All right. All so, right. I'll, uh, that that's good to know. Okay. So, um, so you want to know a little bit about myself? A little bit about I was, yourself. I was born in a small little island in in the Caribbean. It's called Antigua. I grew up there till I was about 90, 19 years old. I moved here nineteen and a half, turning twenty. In nineteen ninety two, um, I moved to Boston, and there I spent two years in Boston. And after I um, couldn't find any work there in Boston, I decided to move to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And then I moved here, and I worked for a little bit in a in a restaurant as a waiter. And then I, um, after the restaurant was closed, I decided to find a job in a salad bar. And then soon after that, I met my wife, okay. and um, uh, I met my wife, and then we uh, got engaged and became married. Yeah, so uh and what year was that? So it's ni- I moved to Georgia in nineteen ninety four, uh-huh. uh, December nineteen ninety four. I met my wife August of nineteen ninety six, right okay. after the Olympics. Okay. Yes. 
All right. Mm. And so, um, go ahead. I'm so sorry. We, uh, we, uh, I gave a, I gave my wife my number, and then a few weeks later she had called me, and then we had started dating, and a couple of years later we have, I have asked her to marry me, and then, and then during that time, we're, we, we, uh, were dating. She said, "Our children has to." If we ever get married, our children would have to be Catholic. And I just said, I didn't care. It didn't matter to me whether they're Catholic or not. Mm. And then after we had children, she said to me, I, um, we have, they're going to be baptized Catholic. So I said, okay, that's fine too. It didn't matter for me. And that's where it was and my, my journey to my faith. And then if it wasn't for children, I, I don't think I would ever become Catholic or maybe even maybe not go to church or or even change my life around from, from the path I was going down. Mm-hmm. So were you going to church with your wife or? Uh, no, maybe once or twice. And mm-hmm. then um, we decided to go to a, to a, to a Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I think we did it maybe because we want to get our kids baptized. Mm-hmm. And then after the, um, after the kids were baptized, we stopped going to church. We were just going on and off because mm-hmm. we move up. To, uh, we moved from Sandy's, from uh, Vinings up to to um, Kennesaw, and then we never stopped going to church and all that stuff. And then not mm-hmm. till we moved, we um, end up start going back to church again. However, before that, let me backtrack. Before that, when we were um, in Kennesaw, we used to go walking and pushing our kids around in the uh, running stroller with my neighbor. And my neighbor, he was Mormon, and he said to me, "Don't you go to church on Sundays?" Because he's always going to church on Sundays. And I said, no, I don't go to church. And I said, because I have to work. Yeah. And he said, well, and he was right. He's, at the time, he said, well, you need to find a job that allows you to go to church on Sunday. Yeah. And I've, that lesson has been with me ever since that time. Because he was right about going to church and making time for church. And which I did, eventually. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, after we moved from Kennesaw up into Woodstock, we uh, were on our way, after we moved into the house, we were on our way to Home Depot. And when we were driving to Home Depot and turn into where the church would be, we saw a soccer field in the back, which was at the time wasn't a soccer field. It was just a, um, a field where Queen of Angel Catholic School was. And as we were driving down to where the school was, it opened up into the whole complex where you have the church, the school, and the high school. So there, and then we, what I thought was a soccer field at the time was just a, a Queen Evangel Catholic school um, um, p- playing field where they play. And, and then when we got there, we saw the church, we saw the school, and my wife said, I want to raise my children here. Mm. And I said, well, sure, I don't care. It didn't matter to me. We you, were, them. you were just like, oh, sure, I don't <laughs> care. Boy, yeah, that's easy to get yeah. along with. Yeah, so... Yeah. Uh, so we started going to that church. This was 2002. So we, my wife um, signed it up for the church. So in 2002, we were going for a whole year before I decided to become a Catholic mm-hmm, after mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. But before we started going to the church, the first day we actually, first Sunday we actually went to that church, our children were so excited about going to church, they ran to the very front of the church. Yeah. My wife and I saw, snuck into the back of the church, and I told my wife to go get the kids. And she said, I'm not going over there. Yeah. And then... After a few minutes or so, we decided to walk up to the very front of the church on Mary's side, and we've been there ever since. Nice. So I became a typical Catholic, always in the same seat, 
Every yeah. Sunday. Every Sunday. Nobody better get your pew either, by gosh. You're going to shove <laughs> exactly. them right out of there. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, um, so after, so we, so I start looking around the church and I, I've noticing things now that I never noticed while we were at Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Because we were, I think we were just going to Holy Spirit just for the, just because. Mm-hmm. But because my oldest daughter was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And then, and like, like we said, when I moved to Kennesaw, we just stopped going all together. Mm-hmm. And then and not until we went back to the church at St. Peter, when I started realizing and noticing different things, the statues in the church, or, or um, for Mary or Joseph. I sat on Mary's side all this time, not knowing that was, they have different section. And my, somebody said, meet us at church and meet us on Joseph's side. Yeah. But yeah. we weren't going to go Joseph's side because we've been sitting on Mary's side all this time. Yeah. You don't change. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, um, uh-huh. So that's a little bit about how I got into the church, yes. but and then how I became Catholic. Um, I, I think I, um, like I said, it's by accident that we actually ran into the church because we were just going to Home Depot, mm-hmm. and we just saw this field in the back, and we decided to drive to the field. Yeah. So that was kind of cool to go back then. Then we saw the whole entire campus. You yeah. Know? So it was kind of cool to do that. Isn't the yeah. Holy Spirit amazing? Yeah. Amazing mm-hmm. how He works and and really brings us. Yeah where we want to be so so you were not catholic at that point no okay so i got a friend told me once um he was walking his dog he lived in the uh, the town homes right next to st peter so he was he walked his dog every single day on the campus there yeah he never thought in his lifetime he'll ever be in there because he was um jehovah witness yeah uh. and he would never walk in there yeah. and then every day walking and he was tugged into the chair he went in to look inside yeah and then, and then a priest said one time, you don't know how God is speaking to you until you enter, yeah. right? Because um, that's why the stained glass windows don't speak to you until you actually see them from the inside yes. when the sun shines on it. That's so, so true, isn't it? That is so, so true. Yeah. What, a, what a great mm-hmm. observation and, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, so, so true. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I'm going to interrupt just for a second because mm-hmm. we have a message for you, and I'm going to give out the phone number again, 678 688 Four five four nine. We are now at $48,690 so far for today. Woohoo! That yeah. means we are only $1,310 away from ringing the bell again. Who can be the hero that gives $1,310 so that Sean Henry mm-hmm. can ring the bell? Come on, let's do it. 1310 and we ring the bell again or any part of it. Maybe you can just give the 10. Maybe you can give 100. Maybe you can give the 1200. Whatever it is, give us a call 678-688-4549. You can actually take that 1000 thousand um 310 and divide it by 12 too and give it over a year's period of time and it counts. Come on, give us a call 678 688 4549. We're also at $136,790 for the week. And that means that we are just about $13,000 away from meeting our goal for the, for the three days and the competition. We are still at eight for all saints, 21 for St. Bridget, nine for St. Michael's and 15 for Christ the King. Come on, guys. We, we want to pump up this, this uh, fish fry competition as well. 
One point is for a single don for a one-time donation, two points for a monthly, and three points for a founder. If you want to vote in the the competition about who has the best fish fry, so come on, let's do it. We got lots of things going on, and we're running out of time. We're at four, almost four twenty. We only are on the air till seven. Then we go back to regular programming. So we got to raise as much money possible as we can before we go back to regular programming. Six seven eight six eight eight four five four nine. I'm talking with uh, Sean Henry. He's from St. Peter Chanel in Roswell, Georgia, and uh, a shout out to Sean Henry, to our missionary brother. Um, By your example, you inspire us to live our Catholic faith fully and joyfully and to be better friends, husbands, and fathers. God bless you and your family. But it doesn't say who from, but uh, obviously some of your your Mm -hmm. brothers, um, your missionary brothers. That's awesome. All right, so we'll find out about missionary. We're going to finish up the the conversion story, and then we'll talk about missionary, among many other things. So go ahead with your conversion story. Yes, so after entering into the church, I I started sitting in the pew like everybody else. And I was always, from, from from the end of Mass to my car, it would take me about a minute, yeah. maybe even less. Yeah. And not until I have actually gone to a retreat that's called Christ Renewed Parish mm-hmm. that I actually felt as, a, as part of the family of the church. Yeah. Um, I went to this retreat, and it was a phenomenal retreat. I, um, it's, it's renew your faith into the, into the church, because if you're just going through the motions and you can't find yourself in the church. This retreat was one of those stepping stones. And I did that retreat. And now after the retreat, it it takes me like an hour to leave the church because my wife had to pull me and tell me, let's go. Because now I'm part of the church. It's almost like I'm a family now. So I'm enjoying being Catholic. And every every Sunday, it was, it was always want to go to church every Sunday. I, I, I don't know if I ever missed mass ever since that time yeah um so i'm always making sure i'm at mass and everybody knows me at church so they always want to speak with me so it's kind of it's kind of it was kind of nice to do that retreat to revitalize my faith to help me want to do more and after i received that faith renewal now i want to help people so i'm doing missions and i'm doing um local missions where i'm sleeping at the um the homeless shelter downtown mm-hmm. with um, with our brother Knights and our men's club that we do once a year. Uh, and then when, it, when I'm not doing that, I'm doing a missions, a overseas mission. I'm and also just doing missions locally right here at, um, in Roswell at nursing home. Mm-hmm. So my faith is just driving me in different direction to help people. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, so I've I've ne- never sitting quietly. My, yeah. So one of the things I always try to do because um, most of the time people say they, you need to start doing the missions at home, yeah. and sometimes I fail at being a mission, mm. doing the mission at home, and I, I I find myself doing it much better on on mission trips. And I said to myself, I need to be able to do all these missions on my home first, and I can become a better mission a unifier at my house and then I can be a better missionary. So I'm always trying to um to grow spiritually by um by leading by example in, in so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I so. love that. And mm-hmm. and it is true. It's harder to do it at home. It's absolutely harder. Yeah. You know, I I've eight kids, been married almost thirty eight years. Mm-hmm. 
it is harder. It is absolutely harder to do it at home. Um, my husband, when we would pray the rosary with our kids when they were little, his his prayer intention was always that that he will be a better father uh, tomorrow than he was today, a better husband and father, a better husband and father tomorrow than I was today. And so it's always a constant growth, isn't it? In in all of our lives, we have to be constantly trying to grow closer to God because we're never going to get it this side of heaven. You know, there's always room for growth. Always, always, always. I was told that I should ask you about uh, your early childhood living conditions. So I'm going to give out the number again, and then if you'll share that, and then I want to move into the missions because I'm really excited about about um, tackling each of those things that, that you do. Um, but uh, number to call 678 688 Four five four nine six seven eight six eight eight four five four nine. And always, if I ask you something you don't want to answer, just say I don't want to answer it. So you know, if you don't want to talk about your early childhood, that's fine too. I'm happy to do so. Okay, thank yeah. you. Yeah. All right. So okay, so in in my country, it's a it's a Commonwealth, small little Commonwealth Islands, 108 square miles, um, um, beautiful beaches. But from the outside looking, and that's all you see: beautiful beaches, nice hotel. But on the outside of that, there's the living conditions are a little different mm. from living in a hotel or visiting as a tourist. However, so at the age 13, my mom left Antigua to Boston on a work visa mm-hmm. where she'll be a living maid. She did that for seven years. Mm-hmm. And for seven years, I did not, did not see my mother. And I didn't grow up with a father. My father left my mom when I was nine months old. And so, um, so I've never, I've never had the fatherly love around me. So, mm. and after that, after my mom left, I was 13 years old at the time. I was supposed to to be living with an aunt that 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 her sister on the island there. But when my mom left, I realized that I really didn't have to do that. So I decided to stay back in the small little village of my brothers, and not go with my aunt where I was supposed to stay. However. As, at age 13, as soon as my mom left, I also left school. Mm. I um, did not finish school. At age 13, I left. Then for the next seven, eight, seven years, I was um, running around the village uh, doing nothing. And then eventually I ended up on the beach as a beach guard, working as a beach guard on the beach where you clean the beach, mm. working for a hotel. And then at the time, I couldn't swim either. Most people in the islands don't swim. <laughs> really? Yeah. So, huh. so I um I was working beach guard, and then af- after closing of the beach down and the night's over, you go to the water sports and then you, the water sports shop and then you hang out. Mm-hmm. And then when that's over with, you're not hanging out anymore. Then you go to the dive shop. The dive shop is always open. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um I eventually start working at the dive shop and I, be- I um start working on the dive boat scuba diving every day and that become part of my 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 life now on, on the beach every day scuba diving and working and then my my mom was still in the states haven't heard from her or seen her in all this time mm-hmm. so uh when my mom finally came back it was 1992 and she was she was going to come back to take me my brother and another sister which are all or, um, which was like under 18 years old that she was able to take with her as minors. And that's how I end up here in the States with my mom. Um, 
But before then, we lived and worked on the island there. And then, um, and before then, before um, my, let me go back for a second here. During the time I was going to school, we were always cutting school because there was one guy always, one boy always wanted to beat me up. Mm-hmm. And then one day he said, at three o'clock, he's going to beat me up. So I said, okay, I'm not going back to school anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, we, so that's the time I remember leaving school altogether because I was afraid of a fight. I've never fought in school because I was a little wimp, so to speak. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then let me bring you to another story that um, when, we, all the, when I was, before I was 13, when 12, 11 or so, I, we were all cutting, cutting school. So I remember going up on a hill in a pasture and there was um, a huge tank, maybe about 12 by 10 tank. And inside this tank would have this, in this, I've described it for you. So it'll have a metal inside, like a sharp metal inside there. So in, in the center. So on both sides, we usually dive in because it's filled with water. We jump in and none, all of something wrong could have happened to anybody. Never happened because when the, the water was empty at one time, we went out there for swimming and the water was empty. The tank was empty. We noticed that there was a metal one of us could have hit our head on and could have drowned in there and it never happened. So I, I think God was just watching over us, mm-hmm. whether we were, whether we know it or not, God was just watching over us the whole time we were doing all this mystery stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then, um, back up to where I'm at when my mom came back to Antigua, she was coming to Antigua to get the three of us, the youngest three of all the six kids of the seven children. So um, so we um, went to the embassy there in Barbados, and then we stayed there for three weeks where um, the, the embassy, they were doing all these tests to make sure that we didn't have any disease or anything that could be transmitted back up to the States. And once everything cleared, we were able to leave Antigua and come to the States. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it was a trend when I, and then we moved to Boston. We landed in Boston. It was a cold February February 27, 1992, uh-huh. my, if, you, uh, if you realize uh, last 27th February, we celebrated our 27th year ah, of being in the States. Congratulations, state. that's yeah, awesome. So. Yeah, hmm. so what did you do for education when you came to the States? Did you did you go back and get a degree? or? Well, or? I, I did eventually. I promised my oldest daughter when she go to high school, I would do the same thing. Nice. Yeah, she's now in college, a second year in college. But So in 2013, she went to... Um, to high school and not not her when she went to high school and now i also went and get my ged uh-huh. at the same time yeah but um of course uh, it's a general education so a little faster than high school so i always joke with my children before they graduate i'm actually smarter than them because i already have a high school diploma yeah yeah <laughs> and just and then they're always making fun well i'm gonna get mine soon yeah so um so so 2013 i did that and all my all the my friends celebrated with me after the completion of that. So that was exciting too. That is exciting. Yes. Very, mm-hmm. very exciting. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have mm-hmm. an update. Actually, I'm not... Uh, let's mm-hmm. see. We, we still have just that one donation, so we'd love to get the phone lines ringing. We are at $48,690. That mm-hmm. means we just need 1310 to get up to the $50,000 mark. Come on, we ring the bell at 50000 We just need 1000 310. That's it. Just 1,310. 678-688-4549. 
come on, give us a call. Um, you know, everything we have comes from God. Can we give just a little bit back to God by calling and letting the Holy Spirit work through these airwaves? The number to call 678-688-4549. We are talking with Sean Henry. He's from St. Peter Chanel in Roswell, Georgia. And uh, we've been talking about a lot of things about uh, what brought him to the United States, about what his life was like, about his conversion to Catholicism. Um, you know, so we've, we've had uh, your missionary brothers that called in and uh, mm-hmm. called in on, on your behalf. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the missionary work that you do. You said you, you do the, the going out to, to missions. Mm-hmm. Um, you also do homeless shelters and nursing homes. Where should we start? M- missions. Missions. Yes. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, I was sitting in a pew at Mass um, it's 11 years ago. Okay. And I'm sitting in the pew at Mass. Having, my wife, having known my story, the priest came, this Father Remkinson, he came, and he was describing the, the work that he does in Jamaica and how he got it started. And he also was describing the conditions in one place in Nicaragua where... Um, this is called Christ in the Christ in the Garbage Ministry, mm-hmm. where the children wouldn't take um, dirt and chicken fat, and this is a story he's telling us, and make the dirt and chicken chicken fat together, and they'll make cookies out of of that, and that's what they would eat. Mm-hmm. So that kind of spoke to me when he was talking. That my wife gave me a nod. She said, "You should start doing that mission. That sounds like something you would love to do." So I said, "Okay, I take um, I I um, also I signed up for the mission." Um, right away, and then couldn't find I, I couldn't find the people that was in charge of the mission because, uh, and then it was, was in a panic and a rush to find out who did the mission because the mission was going and I was not it. So, I, and one day I decided to go ask for um, for the for for the for the, the front desk who does the mission, and they told me who the person was, and I contact them, and I was on that mission, and I met. Um, one of my best friends now, which is Oscar Tanaka. He's my best friend, and we've been doing the mission for the past 10 years, and this year is our 11th year. We're actually not going together this time. He's going on, an earlier, on a later mission. I'm going on an earlier mission yeah. to Jamaica along with my daughter oh. yeah, for the second time. Nice. So, and then that's, that, and that's, the mission is actually mustard seed. Mm-hmm. And then um, now I also, and then right now we also do Mission of the Poor which we do in Haiti. So, and that's once a year also. And then this past November, we were doing that one. So I was, was excited to go on the mission for a bunch of new people. And it's like, I like taking these, these mission trips and I also like to take new people on this trip because it's, it's so rewarding to see other people caring and sharing and giving what they um giving back or giving to people that they don't know, especially people that don't know. That, I mean, that's the hardest part is to help somebody you don't know or to um, embrace them. Yeah. So that's, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so um, we're at 48690-678-688-4549. So what, you know, often whenever we give, like what you were giving for the mission trip, we're giving mm-hmm. of ourselves mm-hmm. um, and you know, people say, oh, that's wonderful. And it is. It absolutely is. Mm-hmm. But it seems like when we give of ourselves like that, we get back so much more. So can you maybe talk about yeah. that a little bit? Yes. So 
every, almost like every mission, there's always a roadblock. Your mission is ready to go and there's a roadblock. Some, something happened in your business, you can't go. Yeah. Something happened with your family, you can't go. It's always this roadblock. And that um, almost like the devil is putting all these roadblocks and saying, you can't do this, you can't do this. And then, and because of, because of your giving, God just opened up. Like, for instance, when we go on these mission trips, we, recruiting is pretty hard. And sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's hard. But when it's hard, you always want to cancel. And you said, no, just let it go. The mission is going regardless of the numbers. Yeah. And then when, you, when, you, when a week or two or three weeks before that, you'll see a, a swarm of people coming and wants to go on this mission. Yeah. You know, because things have to open up. Because uh, you've been praying that things open up for people to make it. So, so if you allow yourself to go on these um, missions, things will things will um, work them work themselves out. You know. So. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> All right. So um, then I guess uh, homeless shelters. Um, number to call six seven eight six eight eight four five four nine six seven eight six eight eight four five Four, nine. Um, we have had one call that I'm aware of, and that was for a hundred dollars. So we're at forty, forty. Uh, I gotta put on my glasses. Forty-eight, six ninety. So we are just one thousand three hundred and ten dollars away from being at fifty thousand, where we ring the bell. Still looking for that hero, looking for that big hero that's gonna call in and let Sean Henry ring the bell. Right now, that amount for that hero is only $1,310, but you got to do it quick because we only have him for about 20 more minutes. Come on, can somebody give us a call, $1,310 or any portion of that, or call in as a founder, that would put us over the top and we would ring it twice. Come on, give us a call, 678 688 Four five four nine. There's got to be somebody out there that wants to be the hero that lets him ring the bell um, and uh, really supports Catholic Radio. That's really what it's all about. Right. We have fun. We That's we right. tease. We talk about ringing the bell. It's really just a celebration and a little little bit of fun. That's all we're trying to do. The main objective is to raise the necessary funds for Catholic Radio. You know, we're talking about missions. It was Saint Therese who said some people give to the missions by going. And some people go to the missions by giving. Mm -hmm. And the mission of Catholic Radio is to save souls. Mm -hmm. So when we give to Catholic Radio, we are giving to the mission of saving souls. And, you know, we had the the one person this week uh, who called in and said they'd been listening to the quest and they were Mm -hmm. entering the Catholic Church because of what they they heard. We hear all the time about people coming back to confession after many, many years, quitting contraception, um, you know, being open to life for the first time, certainly, uh, you know, sometimes smaller things like they're just more kind or more knowledgeable about their faith. I say small, but those are still important things. Um, and, you know, we really can't put a dollar amount on any of those things. There's there's no way that we can give enough to say thank you for this soul that was lost and is now back. Right. You know, they're, they're, yeah, we can't give enough money for that. But we can give whatever the Holy Spirit is asking us to give. And that's what we're asking you to do right now is to pick up the phone and give us a call 678-688-4549. 
whatever amount that you can give, whatever you can give, that's what we want. Uh, it was a Father Kimberling during a pledge drive once who told me it's equal sacrifice, not equal gift. Exactly. And, and yeah. you know, that's so yeah. true because, you know, my $50 um, compared to... Um, you know, I don't know what we have. Uh, Lynn Wood, the mm-hmm. the attorney, gave right. us five thousand yes. dollars. You know, he just sat down in the chair, gave us five thousand. Mm-hmm. We've had donors that gave ten thousand dollar matching pledges. Whatever it is, whatever you can give, please mm-hmm. just pick up the phone and give mm-hmm. us a call six seven eight six eight eight four five four nine. Carol got it all rolling. She got mm-hmm. Quest going. Um, we've had many people who have said. Thank you. We waited for Catholic Radio for so long in Atlanta, and thank you for getting it started. But now she needs your help. You know, we got to keep the bills paid. We got it going. It's up and running. You get to hear what what you have, and uh, now it's just: Do you still want it? Do you want to keep it around? Do you want to to help with the mission of saving souls through Catholic Radio? And if you do, then the number to call six seven eight six eight eight. Four five four nine six seven eight six eight eight four five four nine. We are talking with Sean Henry. He's from Saint Peter Chanel in Roswell, Georgia, and uh, been talking about so many incredible things. Let's talk about um, the homeless shelters that you go to. Is that all right that we move to that next? I've I've heard about it a couple times this week uh, from other people. And uh, it's an amazing thing that, that you do. So let's talk sure. about that. Yeah. So um, quick quick note here. So the, um, these mission trips that we go on, I've always tell people, I don't wish the trip on anybody, mm. but I still want you to go. Uh-huh. Because number one, when you go, your life is going to change. Yeah. Um, maybe not the first day or the second day, but once you get in there and start doing the work, you'll get comfortable and then it'll, something will change you. Yeah. It'll work. Yeah, so um and then on the um the homeless shelter downtown, um St. Francis Table. Um so during the uh, winter months during the winter months uh the our St. Peter Chanel will go down to the um the shrine there and then they'll get the number of knights, the men's club and the knights will go down there and they'll get the number of knights that they would like to serve the homeless men that comes into the shelter in the winter months. And then they'll bring those number of nights back to the church and then they'll get volunteers to go down and I'll do that also. And um, we, we do it annually with a couple of other guys. We usually take six of us to go down there. And then um, we'll, we'll go down there. We serve dinner to the men. We eat the same food they eat. We sleep where they sleep. And we serve them to the night. And then, do, and then once we serve the night, they bed down. They take a shower. They bed down by 8 o'clock because... Uh, but because because they already been assigned to the spot, the, the shelter is very, very very well run. So every homeless people knows that, and they want to get into that one shelter. Mm-hmm. So and then so we have to when they let them in, they have to make sure because some of the times these men can actually go back in society and 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 um, become successful part of society again if they choose to, because that's the goal of the homeless shelter, mm-hmm. and then. Of course, we can't ask them why they're homeless, but if they're more than welcome to share all that stuff with us if they want to. But our goal is to go down there and help them mm-hmm. if, if they want to be helped. And then uh, your kids will come down there and help serve dinner, and then the kids will go back home, and then you'll leave in the morning afterwards. Mm-hmm. And then on Saturdays, like every Saturday, they also serve the, um, 
the mass of homeless people that's in, in the city of Atlanta, which they said sometimes like 10,000 of them in the city. And they um, opened up the St. Francis table again, served the, the men and women that are homeless on the street down there. And, and they give them also, give them a, um, a, a care package. In other words, a hygiene kit on the way out and lunch. Because mm-hmm. um, believe it or not, some, some homeless people are not always not working. Some of them do work, they just don't have a place to live. Mm-hmm. And then, and then maybe by coming there, they get something hot, warm to eat, and then they can go off to their job. But our goal is, like I said, is always to see if, if they can actually come back into the um, into the workforce and and be productive part of society again. And and that's why we serve people because we always know there's always hope to help people mm. to revitalize themselves and to um to be productive part of society. Yeah. yeah. So. And so have you, you know, I always like uh, the, the, the silver lining in all mm. of it. I always like to hear the success stories. Mm. Have you seen anyone who has um, been positively affected by your service and the service of others in the homeless shelter? So I'll let you think about that while I give yeah. out the phone number, mm. 678-688-4549, 678-688-4549. Again, we are talking with Sean Henry. He's from St. Peter Chanel in Roswell, Georgia, and uh, we are grateful that he is here. We are absolutely 100% grateful. What a great message he has to share with each one of us about um, just really seeing the face of Christ in in everyone, whether that's uh, at the homeless shelter or at the missions, or you said in your own home, starting in your own home, and that's really where where it all begins. And I was telling somebody yesterday, I think it was, that that there was a time when I had a child that was being really difficult. I mean, big time difficult. And uh, I would just get down on my knees in the morning and I would say, Lord, just help me see your face in him today. Just help me to see your face in him today. And, uh, you know, I think it I think it worked, you know, and it, it just, uh, but it was a tough time. And, and I do think that, that sometimes in family, because, you know, it, it's personal. It's a personal thing. You know, it really is. And so I think it's harder for us to, to maybe um, minister in our own families right. sometimes. Right. So I um, can't say for sure I have impacted people, but I have experienced people that have moved from being homeless back into the productive part of society. I'll give you an example, two cases. I was in Haiti um, a couple of years ago, and then I was walking in the streets of Haiti, and then one boy reached Sean, 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 and, and then he walked up to me, and I, he said, you remember me from the year before, a few years back, uh-huh. when he was in the shelter, uh-huh. in the Missionary of the Poor. Uh-huh. So this young man had came into the Missionary of the Poor and was a young boy, and now back out of the mission now that are productive part of society. Yeah. Uh, he have gone to school the whole time. He was in the mission and, and he graduated high school and now is working. Yeah. So that was one example I noticed. And then this past November in Haiti, I saw one, one, one man. He was, he was the carpenter maintenance on, on the mission, on, in the compound. And then said, his name is Victor. And he was the maintenance guy. He was part of the homeless that they they were they were um, sheltering 
while he was a boy. And now he had grown up and now he had learned the brothers there taught him a trade. Mm -hmm. And now he's the maintenance and carpenter on yes. the island. there. So I, I was talking to him and he speaks English because what's one thing that brothers do when you come into the mission, you, they have to learn English because mm -hmm. the brothers think that's how you're going to get, you're going to grow successfully into, into become something. Yes. So um, he was he was there, and I, we talked forever, yeah. and I and I said I'm I'm excited that you're doing this, and I hope you I hope you keep doing what you're doing here. The brothers have put a lot of resource into you, and now you're giving them what you've learned back in your in your skill that you've learned. Yeah. Yeah. So that was awesome. Ah, that and is that, awesome. Yeah. That is so yeah. awesome. And how about at the homeless shelter? Do you see anything there? It's probably a little bit harder, maybe. Yes, it's a little harder homeless shelter because when we're um. When we're at the homeless shelter, we're so focused on, on, sec on security and getting them fed and getting them clean and getting them to bed. Yeah. Yeah. So um, there was one guy there that was coming into the homeless shelter during the winter months, and he worked. He was a maintenance. He was a landscaper. So he had to take a few bus, to a few bus, a train to get to where he was working. So I was talking to him, and he said he's saving enough money to get a car, and hopefully by the end of the year, he will be able to get a car. And this is by just talking to him. So I'm not sure if what I've inspired him to do anything to, with his life or not. But that was one that was one person I ran into that was actually on a path to become, to, to get back into, um, to become productive part of society. So, yeah, yeah. That, that's, you know, I, this this is coming to me, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put it out there. But you know, we were we were driving in you know Kansas City is where I come come in from to do the pledge drives, and um, we were driving and there was snow on the ground and we go by a bus stop and there's somebody there with canvas shoes, no gloves, you know, um, you know, obviously not warm for the weather that that we were in, and I. I, I still have, believe it or not, I still have a 15-year-old son. You know, I've got kids from 36 down to 15. And uh, so I still have a 15-year-old son. He was with me, and I said, gosh, Mark, look how blessed we are. You know, look how blessed we are. We're in a warm car. You know, it's zero degrees outside. We're in a warm car, not staying at a bus stop. We've got gloves. We've got boots. You know, look how blessed we are. And uh, he looked at me, and he said, yeah, Mom, did, but did you see the cell phone she was holding? Yeah. And, you know, sometimes they... they they don't make the, the, and I don't make the right decisions either, but I wasn't sure exactly how to answer him because, you know, you're right. Sometimes they, they don't always make that plan right. of get my car so that I can work, so that I can, right. you know, make money so that I can get out of the homeless shelter. And right. so how do, how do you, do you do anything at the homeless shelter to help them with the good decisions? So the um, homeless shelter have this program. Mm -hmm. And the program is, is, is a winter months where they have a lot of people that actually do have homeless people have jobs, but just can't afford enough money to build up to get into an apartment. So what they do is house them. And then like Jose, take for instance, Jose, Jose feed the hungry there on um, Thanksgiving and Christmas time. So uh, they will, they will open up a turner field, which used to do that turner field, all the homeless come in at this time of the year, of the year mm -hmm. and they get able to use the showers and the bath, and then they, sh they sh give them shade and stuff like that. And there's always opportunity for them to get housing. This is, this is the program, get housing and to, 
to get off the streets and to start becoming productive, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of times they're able to move people into that direction. People do that. Some of the people, of course, they're mentally ill, so they sometimes they can't help a lot of people. Uh, I'll give you an example. So my, my, my friend was taking his kids down because there's something called um, um, Seven Bridges where the people live under the bridges and then you go visit those people mm -hmm. to minister to them. So my friend was taking his two sons. They were arguing Christmas Day, Christmas the day before Christmas, and they were going down after Christmas to the homeless, to the um, Seven Bridges. They were arguing the whole time on the way down the nerve gun they didn't get, the two boys. And then when they got to the area where they're going to meet up to start going to serve the people, the, they, and they, they give them their, um, their, um, the hygiene kit and the lunch bag so they can start go out to underneath the bridge. And before they give the, the, goodie, the goodie bag or the hygiene kit or the sandwich bag to the homeless guy, they have to pray. Mm -hmm. So one of the boys walk up to one of the men and asks the man, hey, how are you today? And the guy said, I'm great. And then they said, how are you great when you're living on the street? The guy mm -hmm. said, well, we just, yesterday at Turner Field, we went over there, took a bath, they shaved us, and they gave us, they gave us um, these um, lunch bag and the hygiene, you know what I mean? So that's what the guy was telling the young man. And the young man went, just said, you don't have anything, how could you be happy, right? Mm -hmm. but the, and then he told the young man what, what had happened to him yesterday. The, 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 you got his dinner, you got a shave, you got a shower, and so he's happy about that. Mm -hmm. So on the way back home, my friend Tucson didn't talk to talk one word. Mm. There was there was there was moved by the yes. experience. So yeah. so there there's opportunity for the homeless people to move from being homeless to, um, to productive part of society because there's opportunity for them to do that. Um, each year, um, say feed the, feed the hungry does that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Excellent. Okay, well, we only have about five minutes left, so I'm going to give out the number again. We are still trying to get up to $50,000 to ring the bell. Come on, we can do it. We just need $1,310. $1,310 is all we need, and we ring the bell. 678-688-4549. Come on, let's, let's let Sean ring the bell. We really want to do this in celebration. Most importantly, we want to give the Catholic Radio the necessary funds uh, to stay on the air and to stay strong in Atlanta. So give us a call. You can also still vote for your favorite fish fry. If you want to give us a call, they'll tell you how to vote for the Knights of Columbus Council that has the best fish fry. 678-688-4549. Talking with Sean Henry. We haven't talked about nursing homes. So what about uh, the, the ministry to nursing homes? Okay, so the nursing home is in Roswell on Green Street. Mm -hmm. So every once a month, they play bingo there every Saturday. So once a month, we will go with a bunch of us with our kids. Yeah. If they're not doing something at the time. So we'll go over there and we play bingo. Yeah. And those people love bingo. I mean, they look forward to that bingo <laughs> every week. Yeah. And, and then you give them quarters and that's the highlight. Yeah. If anybody bingo, they get a quarter. And if you don't have a quarter, you're in trouble. Nice. So um, a lot of the nursing home over there, a lot of times, it's not the same as the luxurious nursing home down the street where you get family visiting family members and they're taking them out for dinner and stuff like that. These The nursing home on Green Street, people don't go in there and take their family out. They're just there. And sometimes you don't see family member forever. Mm -hmm. So when we are there, it's the, the people, their face just glow because people are visiting them. Yeah. And so... Um, so we've been always trying, and there are a lot of Catholics that are there too, and they don't get anybody visiting them. So we have asked our priests if we can take communion there. So they've recently, 
Sam, St. Thomas Aquinas, you recently um, gave that homeless shelter as part of St. Peter's Parish. And now we're now able to take communion to them, the people that want communion. But anyway, so we meet a lot of different people there that, um, that they want to tell you their story, tell you how they got there. And so they're just there. So no visitors. So we visit them, and it's amazing um, how when they accept you like one of their own family, yeah. you know. So that's all the fa- that's all the family comes in. If it's us coming in visiting them on yeah. a once a month. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. So if somebody here is listening and their heart is is uh, being touched um, to <clears throat> either do missions, to do homeless shelters, to do nursing homes, what should they do next? The me? Yeah. Oh. What what should they do? How could how could they do what you're doing? Well, you gotta perfectly consider what God is calling you to do. Um if if just um I just I I I was I was brought in into this place where I am now because of one talk that I've at my parish that the priest talked about. And he talked about the um uh, making of the um, the cookies with the chicken fat. And the dirt. Um, I myself, at one time, which I didn't say, um, I myself at one time had been part of this growing up. I um, didn't make the chicken fat with the dump, but we're, we're always going, we went to the dump at one time in our lives to get food. Mm. And then we would go to a place where the, um, the airport throw away all the food off the plane into a dumpster, and that's where we will go. Mm-hmm. And we will dig through the the garbage like this. So when the priest came to our church and was talking about this, I it was close to my heart, and that's why my wife gave me the nudge and said, "You should do that because mm-hmm. that's part of you," and that's how I um, end up on the mission because mm-hmm. uh, it was something was speaking to me through what I've experienced. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so the mission <clears throat> trips that you do are through mustard seed. Yes. Communities. Mm-hmm. So they could just Google mustard seed communities yes. and see when the next one's coming mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. The nursing home that you go to again. So we, it's um, Roswell Nursing Home. It's off Green Street, downtown Roswell. Mm-hmm. And then we also do Missionary of the Poor. We do once a year annually. Mm-hmm. And that's to Haiti. Mm-hmm. It's a little rough right now in Haiti, so I'm not sure if we'll be able to go mm-hmm. to Haiti. But Missionary of the Poor is also in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. So, so they can mm-hmm. Google Missionary of the Poor and yes. find out the information mm-hmm. for that one as yes. well. Mm-hmm. How would they meet up with a, a group at the nursing home to do nursing home ministry? Well, you don't have to meet up with any group. You can go just, you just whenever go you want. Own. Because the you. people there are just hungry for somebody to visit them. Yeah. Because they just sit there all day long. Sometimes you walk, you drive down the street. People, they sit there pushing their cart, their, their wheelchair out, and nobody's pushing them. Yeah. And, and then, so... Yeah. They're just there. You can just stop by whenever you feel like doing that. Okay. Know, so. Excellent. <laughs> lots and lots and lots mm-hmm. of inspiration. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for mm-hmm. sharing um, so so personally with mm-hmm. us and, and really sharing from your heart. And uh, thank you for all of the, the great things that you're doing. Mm-hmm. So we only have one minute. Can mm-hmm. you kind of give us, oh, I got a shout out to you here. Um, and then if you would give us like uh, last thoughts and a prayer. All right, so the shout-out is um, from Kyle. Always remember the mission trip to Jamaica with you seven years ago and the lucky chicken foot. Ah, what's the lucky chicken foot? we got to hear that. Lucky chicken foot. Well, I don't remember. Don't remember. Oh, yeah. Oh. Huh? 
Oh yeah, so the chicken foot that somebody was kill a chicken, live chicken, and had it, and we found a chicken foot, and we were putting it on people's shoulder. Oh, <laughs> oh my, oh my! I think I that would have creeped me out. How about you? Yeah, I was yeah. like, mm, I don't know if I would have considered that lucky or not. Yeah. Okay, so final prayer. All right. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Dear God, we want to thank you for this opportunity that you give us to raise the fund for um, Catholic Radio. Continue to let us grow in love and holiness. Come into our hearts, help us to to live your word and share it with one another, especially people we don't know. We ask this to Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> wow. Okay, so 678-688-4549. We are going to take a short break, and then we are going to be back with uh, Focus Missionaries from Georgia Tech Catholic Center. Mm-hmm. And uh, so stay tuned, and uh, we'll see you on the other side of the break. 